Episode 151, giving a speech how to knock it out of the ballpark. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. This is The Game Changers with Jason Jennings, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, USA Today, best-selling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, and reinvention. And he is with us each and every week, diving into a topic to make you better in business. It is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Jason, great to see you. Uh, Dale, it's great to see you, but now wait a minute. Uh, you were just in Hawaii. I, I expected you to pop up on the screen with a lay. What, what's this with a jacket on? Well, I will tell you what. I'm back in my uh, home state of Idaho where the uh, temperature was 25 degrees this morning and there's still frost on the grass. So, Ouch. Yeah, we just these massive temperature swings. I was swimming in the ocean yesterday and 85 degrees, and today I'm walking on frosty grass at 25. So welcome home. It's good to be home. How you doing? I'm more worried I'm do- about you. And uh, if we're recording this in mid-October fires of 2017, I know folks listen to these, uh, will listen to these for years in the future, but uh, fires are right now ravaging uh California, California near your home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, uh, the worst fire, uh, that or fires that California has ever had. Uh, there's a confirmed 40 people dead. 400 people are missing. 6,000 homes and businesses, uh, have been destroyed. And, uh, I'll tell you what, uh, it's, it's been amazing to watch, uh, how caring and compassionate, uh, people are. Last night at the grocery store, uh, one of the assistant managers told me that he and his wife had woken up yesterday morning. Money is always tight in their house, but they decided to take $500 out of the bank and buy toothbrushes and toothpaste and shaving foam and razors and bring them to a shelter. And the shelters are now broadcasting no more water, no more food, no more blankets, no more toys. We, 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 have, we have too much. And uh, and they will eventually get the fires out of, out of control. Uh, and, the, and the health conditions, <clears throat> excuse me, in Northern California have been uh, very, very bad uh the the air is bad and the winds are bad and uh so we will just uh pray that uh uh the missing are 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 located and are found and that there will be a robust uh rebuilding so uh anyway i'm fine okay well our thoughts and prayers are definitely with the people in north california northern california so thanks Let's dive into episode 151. We're talking about presentations and really how to knock it out of the park. And and I'm sure there's a story. You've recently heard a doozy of a presentation. All right. So a few weeks ago, uh, and I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I mean, I only use people's real names when uh, when they do something good, and we can positively acknowledge them. But several weeks ago, I was doing a closing event for a speech of – uh, more than 2,000, probably fewer than 3,000 people. And I had gone in the night before uh, because they wanted me to autograph books. And so I was there in the morning to see the opening speaker. And uh, throughout the speech, I, I just had serious misgivings about it. It did not seem to be resonating uh, with the audience at all. And, uh, you know, a big name, uh, or a pretty big name. And uh, so about noontime, the uh, senior meeting planner responsible for the event uh, pulled me aside and said, Can I 
I talk to you a couple of minutes? And I said, sure. She said, uh, were you there for the opening speech this morning? And I said, yes, I was. And she said, well, what do you think? And I said, well, it's not for me to say. And she said, well, let me tell you something. It was the most miserable speech I've ever seen in my life. The message totally missed the mark. And on top of it, the man is the most egotistical, self-centered. And she went on to hurl a string of invectives that I'm not going to repeat. And then she looked at me and she said, um, I need you to knock it out of the park. <laughs> she said, because it's not only saving the conference this year, she said, unless Unless you pull this thing off for us, she said, this conference might not even exist next year. And so um, so I hope I did. I think I did. And on the way home, I I was sitting on the airplane, you know, going over everything that had happened. And I asked myself, what constitutes uh, a perfect speech or a perfect presentation? Because everybody in their life, in business, is going to be called on to give a speech or to do a presentation. And and I kept asking myself, what are the few things that somebody could do? And I came up with three questions um, that I think need to be asked in order to give a presentation or a speech that just absolutely knocks it out of the park. And so can I jump in and begin with my three questions? I was going to say, absolutely. Let's dive right in. All right. Number one. Um, you have to learn the real objectives of the meeting. You have to discover, uh, what, what the group is really trying to accomplish by spending the money and expending the resources to bring people together and, and get them together. What do they really want to get accomplished? I'll, I'll give you an example. Not long ago, uh, my office received a telephone call. Was I available on such and such a date to a keynote a conference titled Vroom, Vroom, Vroom? Now, I don't know where they come up with some of these titles, but I mean, if you hear Vroom, 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 I'm thinking, okay, the high-speed company. I'm thinking, okay, it's not the big that eats the small, it's the fast that eats the slow. So they want a speech on speed. And so I'm on the telephone with the meeting planner, and I said, uh, so what is, what are you really trying to accomplish? Is this all about speed? And she said, well, she said, I was just told to come up with a title. And she said, you know, I, I know that we like to get our people together once a year, and, and everybody liked the title, Vroom, Vroom, Vroom. And I said, well, has the CEO, has the top dog weighed in on the title? And she said, well, not really. I mean, he approved it. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, do you mind if I explore this a little further when I'm talking to him? So I'm on the telephone with him and I said, uh, you know, it's a great theme this year, vroom, vroom, vroom. I guess you can do a lot of graphic things with it. I said, but is, is it really about speed? And he said, oh, hell no. He said, no, it's not about speed at all. He said, it was just a fancy title that they came up with. And I said, well, what's it about? He said, let me tell you what I need. He said, I need everybody here to rally around our purpose. I guess that's where they came up with vroom, vroom, vroom. He said, but I need everybody on board where we're going and what we're doing, or there's no place here for them. So therefore, I could have unknowingly gone in and delivered a speech on speed, which would have fallen on deaf ears. But because I knew what it was about, rallying everybody around the purpose of the organization, the speech became a speech on purpose and knocked it out of the park. Not because I'm that good, but because I was addressing the theme and the subject matter that the person who owns the event had in mind. And and very seldom 
very seldom is that the person asking you to give a speech someplace. So you have to get yourself in a position and say, I really need to spend some time on the telephone because it's going to make you look good. It's going to make me look good if I can get some time on the telephone with the person who really owns this event. It's not what you wanted to say. It's what they needed you to say. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So you, number one, determine what the real objectives are. I mean, whether you're getting together with 20 of your colleagues in a conference room and you're building a PowerPoint presentation and are going to have the floor for a half hour, or whether you're speaking to a large crowd, you better take the time to identify the top dog and figure out what the top dog wants to have accomplished. So that's number one. What is the real objectives, the real objectives, or the real objective or objectives of, of, of the get-together? And the second, the second question is this. It's, um, and this is a, I, I know this will be a hard one for some people to ask, and I don't know why, uh, because for me it's the easiest uh, question to ask. I always tell people, and these use my words. My, my, I, I've, I've said these words thousands of times. I really want to do a good job for you. I really want to create value. I really want to knock it out of the park. Let me ask you a question. When I walk off the stage, when I'm finished, what would cause you to smile broadly, look at everybody else and go, this guy knocked it out of the park? What do I need to get done during my speech to get that reaction from you? Now, I'm not sure if most people are afraid to make themselves that vulnerable to ask the question, but nobody's going to bite. And what inevitably happens when I ask the question is they say, well, gee, I uh, let me think. Let me think for a second. And they have to think. And they think, well, you know, one, I guess I would like everybody to leave with three takeaways. That's number one. Three specific things they can use. I mean, if you could do that, that'd be great. Um, what else do I want? Oh, I want everybody talking about the speech for the rest of the conference and using the material that you presented in all of the other workshops and things going on. And he said, number three, um, I want to have some fun at the same time. So then I asked the question. So if I do those things, you are going to smile broadly and you're going to be, your expectations are going to be exceeded and you're going to be a very happy man. Yes, I will be. You're going to be a very happy woman. Let me give you a very practical one. Several weeks ago, uh, I was about to give a speech for a product launch for a big pharmaceutical company, uh, for the leadership of a huge pharmaceutical company. <clears throat> and I was talking to the person who owns the event, not the CEO, but the person who truly has ownership of the event. And I said, what could I possibly do, I mean, to exceed expectations and really knock it out of the park? Because that's what I want to do. And she said, oh, thank you for saying that, because it has to happen. This is the first event I've ever owned here, and I've got to make it really, really good. She said, I don't know. She said, one of the things I think about all the time is that my boss, the big boss, his big hot word right now is grit. I mean, all he talks about is grit and determination. She said, you know, and I'm, this is I'm, this is exactly the way the conversation came down. She said, you know, if you could take everything you talk about and tie it back to grit, the guy would probably run up on the stage after your speech and hug you. So I did. He did. <laughs> and everybody was absolutely over the moon. Make yourself vulnerable. Nobody's going to bite. Ask the person 
what do I have to, what do you need me to accomplish in order to knock the ball out of the park? Because I really want to create value. And you know, you shared this with me early on and I immediately adopted it and learned that you've got to let that question breathe because you mentioned it, but most of the time, the planner, the organizer, they don't know. I mean, nobody's asked that question before and I get this dumbfounded look and lots of ums and uhs and I don't know. And so you just let it breathe and, and, and ask them a few questions to lead them down that path. That's exactly right. And then re-ask it a few times. That's exactly right. And, and one of the key words here is you have to ask that question to the person who owns the event and the person who owns the event is, and meeting planners are going to get angry with me, but it's not the people deciding whether they're going to be rounds or auditorium seating and where the banners are going to go. That's not the person who owns the event. I mean, the person who owns the event is the person signing the checks, spending the thousands, hundreds of thousands, or millions of dollars to make this event happen. That's the one, and, you, and you're right, you asked the question, and because they've never been asked that question before, I mean, you got to let it breathe. You got to do a little prodding. You got to walk them along the way. And what's amazing to me, and then I'll move on to question number three, or uh, is is this? How many times people have said to me, and when people say this, then I get really excited. They'll say, you know, nobody's ever asked me that question before. That means just by asking the question, you are bringing immense value to an event and to an organization. So that is one of the. Uh, uh, those, those, those words are, are just part of who I am in every human interaction. It's not only speeches. It's let's talk about your expectations. Let's talk about what you would like to have happen, the value that I could create or the value that I could bring because I truly want to exceed your expectations. So it makes you vulnerable by asking the question. They become vulnerable by answering the question. You've already shared a vulnerability, which a lot of pe- people don't do. And question number three is um, – is one of my favorite. Are you liking these? I do. I was going to say that question. Question number two is truly the secret sauce. It is the secret sauce to uh, make things work so well. Well, there is one more. Okay. There is one more because I think all, all three of these are the secret sauce. The third question is this, and people are always shocked when I ask it. So we've talked about we, we've talked about the objectives, the real objectives. We've talked about their expectations, and then I say – Let me ask you one final question for today. What else can I do to add value to your event? What else can I do to add value? And again, Dale, you got to let that one breathe for this reason. As everybody says, well, nobody's ever asked me that before. But when you start talking about it, sometimes what they want you to do is they want you to come in four or five hours early and sign books for people. Sometimes they want you to attend their cocktail reception uh, the evening before. Once I was asked, uh, that uh, I was told the CEO's two uh, college-age sons were going to be part uh, at the event, and if I would have, and they were both interested in business and very entrepreneurial, and if I would have breakfast with them, I mean, it would mean the world to the CEO. Sometimes it's having a follow-up con- uh, conversation uh, the week after the event uh, to dissect it. I mean, there are just so many things that you could, if, if you're going to be someplace at an event, 
so you're physically there. Why would you not be spending your time, I mean, doing something that positively impacts someone's life? I mean, one of the favorite ones that I love to do is generally I'm like an opening keynote speaker at like 9 o'clock in the morning. I'd love to be down there at 7 o'clock in the morning where there's a 1,000 people or hundreds of people having the continental breakfast. And I just love to walk around the room and walk up to the table and say, hi, is it okay if I stop by and introduce myself? I'm your guest speaker this morning. And I shake everybody's hand and find out where they're from and what they do. And you can't believe how many emails I get from people who say that no speaker had ever done that before. You know, why wouldn't you want to do that? I mean, why wouldn't you want to put yourself out that way? So number one, well, why don't you review them? You know, you've heard them. You do the review. You do the review. <laughs> Dale, how good is your note-taking ability? Is that that's what you're saying? So number right. one, yeah, what are the real big objectives of the meeting or conference? Don't just read the the one or two word description, vroom, 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 and try to interpret it yourself. Talk to the CEO, talk to the person who's signing the check and find out what the real objective is. Number two, what do I have to do? to walk off that stage and have you say, my gosh, you knocked it out of the park. That's question number two. And again, you're the person writing the check. Uh, the leader needs to answer that question. Number three, what can I do to add value and make your event even more memorable than ever? And you gave us a great list of things that you can do. And mostly it's, you know what, it's being present. That's what I heard you say. It's just be yes. present and available when you're there. Yep. Yep. And, and, and I'm going to say real quick for those people who have listened with us um, this far and who say, well, I'm not a speaker. I tell you what, if you put these three questions to work in your life, in your job, in your relationships, if I went home tonight and said to my wife, hey, what do I have to do to have us wrap up our next date and have you say, oh, my gosh, you knocked it out of right. the park. Right. What does that do for our relationship? So I I say these work personally, these work professionally, and these work if you're looking to give a presentation. Uh, They sure do. I'm really glad we did this episode. I think this is is really going to help and speak to some people. Definitely so. Any final words for us? Yeah. uh, The final words are, you know, why does it take something horrible to happen, like the fires raging across Northern California, to bring out the best in people. Why have we become such a polarized lot that the best in all of us is not brought out every day? And I think that in my going forward, I I, I think that's, I'm going to be thinking about that um, all the time. Why why does it take a tragedy uh, to bring out our love, uh, our humaneness, our human kindness? Uh, Just think if we live that way all the time. Uh, I, I just, I think it'd probably be better. So uh, anyway, uh, I really enjoyed doing this one with you, Dale, and I Absolutely. can't wait until next time. And that's a great challenge for us to take into the week. So thank you for that. I'm going to uh, remind folks that you can subscribe to this podcast. It is super easy. Just go to the website, jason-jennings.com slash iTunes. And right there, you can subscribe. That way, the podcast shows up in your feed each and every week as it is released. You don't miss an episode. Also, while you're out, if you would rate and review the podcast through your favorite podcast listening app, we would definitely appreciate it. Those reviews and ratings help us 
us make this better, sharpen our stick, because we always want to wow you. And it also helps raise the podcast up higher in the search results as well. Did you have something you wanted to add to that? that? No. Okay. I'm good. I'm good. Good deal. All right. So uh, this is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. And we look forward to hearing from you in the week. And then we'll be right back here with you next week. Make it a great one. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.